What's up, everybody? Happy freaking Tuesday. Welcome to episode nine of Junk in the Trunk. Today, we dive into the 10 things you need to know as a beginner at the gym. Okay, so I understand today's episode is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I have a lot of people message me saying, Jenna, I have never went to the gym before, and here is why I am too scared to go. And I'm going to be touching on 10 of those things today that I have heard people personally reach out to me about. Honestly, 85% of my questions are gym related, and we're going to get into them today because I know there's a lot of people that maybe they're too scared to ask these questions, or they're just... They're too scared to go to the gym, which breaks my heart. So we're going to help you build a little bit of confidence today to get your ass in the gym. Okay, so the first thing you need to know as a beginner at the gym. One, understand that not everyone is watching you. Trust me, I know I have been there where you feel like a freaking fish out of water. You're so new to this. You feel like everyone has to be staring at me. But trust me when I say that I have been going to the gym long enough to know that people are staring at one thing and one thing only, and that is themselves. People are so focused on what they're doing at the gym or how they look or how their muscles look or if they think they look stupid to be focusing on what you're doing, and I can promise you that. The second thing you need to know as a beginner at the gym Follow a workout plan. Have structure to your goals in the gym. This will make you feel more confident and also will take away the thinking for you. I remember when I first started, I would start, I actually worked out in my parents' garage. And I remember going in there and kind of just like, looking at something and being like, oh yeah, I'll do that, I guess. Like, and I had no game plan and I, and my workouts always sucked ass because I had no game plan. Um, whether it's, you're getting an app, literally like a free app that gives you weekly workouts or you're, you're going to a certified personal trainer and they're writing workouts for you, whatever it may be that essentially takes away the thinking for you is probably going to be very beneficial, but it's also going to give you added confidence. That way you don't have to kind of do that like aimlessly walking around the gym and you know exactly what you're doing next. Number three, when following a workout plan, do your research on the movements and the machines the night before. This will help you feel more confident walking into the gym. I know that aimlessly walking feeling at the gym, I have been there. I'm telling you right now, the smartest thing you can do is if you are given a workout plan and you're like, I don't know what any of this means, like at all. Russian twist, what does that mean? Get on Google, type it in. And there's like 11 to 20 second clips videos for you to watch to really get the movement down pat. Even if you just kind of practice it in your room without weight or anything, it, it's going to help you have so much more confidence walking into that gym for the first time. Number four, 
take a friend with you. Finding a friend to hold you accountable and also to work equally as hard as you is so important. You guys can learn the machines together, motivate one another, bounce off of one another. Um, (laughs) I don't mean like literally run up and bounce off each other. I mean like as far as motivation goes, or maybe it's 80-20, you know, Um, they have more of the motivation that day, but they're getting you in there still and, you know, that's important to have, um, especially starting out. I'm to the point now where I prefer to not work out with somebody. Um, and I also feel like I'm the the odd bird that likes when the gym is busy. I don't like when it's like crowded because I cannot get to the machines and the equipment that I need and that pisses me off. But I don't like when it's a, it's dead. I don't like when the gym is completely nobody's there because I feed off of energy and the vibes of the gym. I like when people are in there working hard. It just makes the vibe more uplifting rather than when the gym's dead. That's just my personal preference. Okay, number five, and this is where I start to get a little heated. I'm not heated, but I start to get a little passionate about these next um, from five through 10 is implement rest days from the start. Okay, I know so many people act like rest days are for the week and that's straight up bullshit. Okay, I'm telling you that is bullshit. When you are just starting and even as a seasoned veteran in the fitness world, rest days are where the magic happens. The gains really come through. Your body needs a break. I would say a beginner, if you're new to the gym, should start around three to four days a week. The more you go, the more days your body will be able to handle. But rest days, in my opinion, should always be implemented. And now I know some of you are like, Jenna, I go seven days a week. I'm fine. You're just being a a pussy. No. Are you going for quality or are you going for quantity? Because if you're going seven days a week, you're probably going for quantity. You're probably going to say, hey, I go to the gym seven days a week. But are you having quality workouts in those seven days a week? Probably not. You can bullshit yourself all you want, but you're probably not having quality workouts going seven days a week. I know because I used to be the girl that would go seven days a week and I would do that for a month straight and I thought I was fine. I thought rest was for the freaking week, you know, and the next thing you know, I have rhabdomyolysis and I get mono and I'm out for five months. Yeah. That's how that shit can happen if you're not smart about it. And I think, and I know there's people out there that have been working out for a long time and you're like, I can do seven days a week. I know my limits. I know when is when enough is enough and that's great. Um, I know some people take active rest days and that's great. You gotta, everybody's body is different, but I know when you are a beginner and I know that when you start to see gains and I know when you start to see changes in your body, you will go balls to the wall because you almost just like can't help yourself because you are so excited about the, bo- the changes your body's making and you, you don't know enough yet to, you don't know your body well enough yet. That's what I'm trying to say here is I did that. I was the girl that went from, you know, four to five days a week, which was a very comfortable um, amount for me. And I've seen a lot of changes and I thought, you know what, let's ramp it up a notch. And next thing you know, I'm in the hospital and I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody. But if you have a mentality like me where, you, you are like, okay, this was great. Let's, let's step it up a notch. Okay. That was great. Let's step it up a notch. Oh, that's great. Let's step it up a notch. Now I'm in the freaking hospital. 
That's how I am. Um, And I am sure there's other people out there that are like that. So that's why I say from the start, implement a rest day, one singular rest day. Just do it, please. (laughs) Number six, and I know some people are probably going to come at me for this one, but this is what I personally think, and I'm not, um, I'm not certified in anything, but this is what I, the knowledge I have gained over my five years being in the fitness world from personal experiences. So number six, do not track calories or macros at first. I repeat, do not effing do it. You need to first establish a healthy relationship with the gym, food, and yourself. A little loving triangle between the three of you before you introduce anything like that. And like I said, I know some people will disagree with me on that. I jumped into macros and tracking way, way, way before I was mentally ready for it. And here's why I think you should wait when you first start. When you are just starting out, Changing your diet from McDonald's twice a day and junk food to simply making healthier lifestyle choices is going to do you and your body a world of good. When you are insanely ready to step up your fitness game, macros should be discussed with someone certified in nutrition to assist you. And please make sure they are diving deep into many questions concerning your fitness goals. Because if they're giving you this cookie cutter ass, you know, diet plan that they just gave the last eight people before you, you need to run. That's not okay. Start with the protein, a fat, and a carb for your meals. Intuitively make healthy choices, and you will know when you're ready to take things to another level. Leaping into something that you're not ready for too soon will create an unhealthy body image with food and yourself. Trust me on that. Listen to me, guys. When I first started my fitness journey... When I first started, it was all about intuitively eating. It was all about just making healthier choices. I didn't know jack shit about jack shit, okay? But I just made healthier life choices. Like with my food, I was exercising five days a week and I noticed a difference. Now listen, I do know that there comes a point where your body will plateau, okay? What you will see initially is what, you know, we call newbie gains, newbie changes. Those eventually um, you will plateau and you will hit a point where you need to ramp it up a notch. But that doesn't mean you should dive into something that you're not ready for. I dove into it, not, I dove into tracking calories and macros With no intent, I was just looking at the numbers daily. I was weighing myself daily. All I was focused on was numbers. And if you get into that mindset, you need to stop. You need to take 50 steps back and you need to reset your mindset before it is too late. And I'm saying this passionately and a a little aggressively because I was somebody that I was so focused on hitting that number on my fitness pal and I was so focused on seeing the number change on the scale that it ruined my body image and my relationship with food 
that I had just established. I ruined it. I ruined it quicker than I gained it. (laughs) I ruined it. And just trust me on that. Intuitively eat, make, make healthy lifestyle changes and choices. And if you're ready to step it up a notch, you need to consult with someone that is certified in nutrition. Do not go on there calculating shit for yourself. Don't do it. Unless you have done your homework to the freaking nines, then okay. Then give it a shot. But you need to consult someone that, ha- that eat, breathes, sleeps this shit. Okay, number seven, take progress pictures. I know you're like, Jenna, stop, ew, no. I don't want to take pictures of me looking the way that I look right now. But trust me when I say you will thank yourself times one million one day. Being able to compare and see the changes you have made is going to motivate you to keep going. Progress pictures should be the best way to determine your transformation, not stepping on a scale. Do you guys want to know what stepping on a scale does? It tells you your gravitational pull to the earth. In girls and guys, you are much more than a gravitational pull to the earth. How do you feel? Going back to last week, do you like how you look naked? Do you fit the jeans that you could not fit last year? Hmm, What what does that, you you do? Okay, then move on. Listen, I'm gonna read you this quote that is regarding the scale. Because like I said last week, if you're in a great mindset, then I I think you can handle the scale. But just starting out, listen to me. Get off the scale. The scale can only give you a numerical reflection of your relationship with gravity. That's it. It cannot measure beauty, talent, purpose, life force, possibility, strength, or love. Don't give the scale more power than it has earned. Take note of the number, then get off the scale and live your life. Okay, so moving on to number eight. Have a workout split. And you're probably like, I don't even know what that means. A workout split is essentially um, your workout routine during the week. Um, I can give you mine here. Let's take a look. I can't find it right now. I'm struggling a little bit. Okay. Mondays, chest and light tries. Tuesday, back and light buys. Wednesday, shoulders. Thursdays, legs and booty. Heavier squats. Friday, back and chest. Saturday, buys and tries. Sundays, glutes. And I do implement one to two rest days because that is what works out for me the best. You can certainly take that workout split and and do it. Um, But I think it's important that you all create your own based off of your goals that you have for yourself. Some people don't want jack biceps and jack triceps like I do. (laughs) Some people want nice toned arms and they want a freaking donk. They want a peach. They want a fat ass. And I want that too. (laughs) Okay. But I also just have a different physique um, goal than other people. And that's okay. That's the beauty of the fitness world and the beauty of different bodies is we're all going to look different. We all have a different ideal body image and that is great. Number nine. Do not compare your fitness timeline to somebody else's. They are different. 
as they should be. Um, some people and genetics do play a very large factor in, in some things and other people might just work circles around you and that's honestly okay. Some people just have a drive that um, we are going to search for our entire lives and some people just have the genetics that we're never going to have. So you need to find what works for you. Um, certain movements are going to work great for someone's glutes, let's say, and, and maybe not for somebody else. So fitness looks different on everybody. Everyone's fitness timeline, everyone's fitness, anything is, is different than somebody else's. And so I think... Um, it's very frustrating when some people are like, well, this works for me. So like it works for everybody. No, it doesn't. Um, it's for me personally, um, when it comes to my legs and my lower half, I'm very quad and hamstring dominant, um, which means there are certain movements that other people can do for their glutes, that their glutes are on fire, lit up the entire time where my hamstrings probably are. So it's very hard for me to find um, things that activate my glutes for them to grow. Um, and other people that don't have that problem, are they don't understand um, why X, Y, and Z is not working for you. So it's important to just stay in your lane, stay in your timeline, and find things that work for your body. And we are at number 10. This is probably the most important one, is enjoy the process. Working hard for you should be exciting. Watching your body change into your ideal body image should be exciting. Do not overcomplicate the process. If you want to lose weight, a calorie deficit is needed. Research into it, girls and guys. Carbs are not the enemy, okay? I promise you. If anything, they are our effing friend. <laughs> we love the carbs. Take progress pictures. And walk in there with confidence. Sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. You do. That's just how it is. Okay, guys. So I have a couple questions that I was asked anonymous. <laughs> I'm keeping that in there because it is just funny. I was asked some questions anonymously. Woo! We made it. <laughs> So the first one was, how did you learn to use the machines or weightlift? I really want to start weightlifting, but I know nothing and I don't know where to start. Also, I am embarrassed to go by myself and not know what I'm doing. So um, I'll say that what was really big for me is I started really seriously working out with my dad and with my friend Lakin. Um so that was nice because my dad had a base knowledge and, you know, of movements and exercises that I didn't. And Lakin um, knew a lot about the fitness world and she taught me a lot. Um, she would write me up workouts. If something was new on there that I was like, I have no idea what this is. I would literally get on Google. I would look up a little video and I would stand there and I would mimic what the video was doing. Granted, I know like some things you, you have to, you know, you don't know what you're doing until you actually get on the machine or you actually are doing the movement with weight. Um, but the biggest thing is if you find a workout, um, 
research, do your homework, you know, look at the movements on Google, or if you have someone on Instagram that you really like, most of the time, those fitness influencers, they're posting workout videos on there, and they're showing how to do the movement. Um, There actually is a really good fitness app out there for beginners and even people that have been, you know, in the fitness world for a while, and it's called Alive by Whitney Simmons. Um, She has an app. It's $14 a month. I'm not even, I'm not obviously paid to say any of this, but I'm saying as a beginner, I think this is a very good app, um, where she literally each movement, it will play over and over and over how to do that movement the entire time. So you're reminded even at the gym, you don't have to just go off of your memory of what you looked at on Google the night before you can actually watch her over and over do that movement um, while you're at the gym. And I think just doing your research like that or having an app that, um, has that accessible is going to help your confidence at the gym skyrocket. Um, I think it's super important to at least have the movement down. Um, so when you go in there, you don't have to have that feeling of, oh my God, everybody's staring at me. I know I'm not doing this right. You know, um, put your all into it, do your research and go in there and have confidence and kick ass. Okay. So I was asked, um, a few questions and there's a couple of them that stand out to me and I feel like I need to answer. Um, so yes, we're going to get into these questions. Okay. So my first question was, what is your opinion on what a healthy diet looks like? What kind of food do you think everyone should stay away from and or have when trying to stay healthy and eat in moderation? Um, so I can't just give you like a straightforward answer because I personally don't feel like there's any food that you should stay away from. Um, I do a hundred percent that Um, believe that everything should be in moderation, whether you are intuitively eating, um, you know, maybe just going by the serving size or whether you're tracking, making it fit in your macros that you may have to sacrifice, um, you know, some carbs in, you know, the beginning part of your day to be able to fit these Oreos or this ice cream or whatever you're wanting. I don't think that there's anything that you should stay away from unless you're like me and you're intolerant to something or, you know, maybe it just doesn't sit well with your, your body. Um, other than that, I'm going to keep this one short and I'm going to say, no, there is, there are no foods that I feel like in my opinion that everyone should stay away from or, um, or just, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think everything should be in moderation. Um, if you can make it fit into your tracking or, you know, if you can intuitively add that in there for, for the day, then go off, do your thing. Okay. So another question that I got here was how did you learn how to use the machines or weightlift? I really want to start weightlifting, but I know nothing and I don't know where to start. Also, I am embarrassed to go by myself and not know what I'm doing. Um, I feel like this is something that every single beginner goes through. I know when I first started working out ever, it was actually after my first heartbreak and it was one of those like, yeah, I'm going to show him type things. And and I would work out in my dad's garage. And that's kind of where I started. And that was where I built the foundation of learning. And I didn't have to worry about um, who was looking at me. Um, but then, you know, not too long after I did transition into going to a gym. But what helped me was I took a friend um, that knew a lot about fitness at the time. And I 
I don't want to say she was like my crutch, but in a way, if you want to look at it like that, she was kind of like my crutch at the gym because she taught me a lot of what I knew. And, um, I think a lot of people fear going to the gym and kind of like aimlessly walking around. Um, I'm telling you right now from experience, there's been times that I've followed a workout plan and I'm like, I don't even know what that movement is. And I will straight up sit down on a bench and I have Googled the movement. Um, plenty of times, especially when I was first starting out. And I feel like you have to just kind of swallow your pride, swallow your ego and and realize that this is a part of the process. Like this is a part of learning um, and changing your body for the better. Um, So you kind of have to just go with the flow, enjoy the process of learning. Um, Almost motherfucker, I can't talk. Okay, listen, (laughs) I'm not even going to cut that out because that's funny. Um, Almost every machine has um, the instructions on there and also tells you what muscle you're hitting. Um, Depending on what gym you're going to, some of those um, labels of what the machine is are like worn off. Um, So go up to somebody at the gym. You know, it's one of those things. Swallow your pride and say, hey, like I've never used this. Kind of laugh about it. Say like, how do I use this? I have had to do that before because you're going to probably end up looking a little more silly over there trying doing it wrong or yanking on shit that doesn't need to be yanked on rather than just going up to someone and swallowing your pride for a second and saying, hey, like, can you show me how to use this? Um, so, you know, don't be embarrassed. There's so many people that are in there that are faking it until they make it or, you know, you're going to not you're not going to know what you're doing. And that's totally normal. Um, so don't, you know, beat yourself up about it. Don't avoid going to the gym because you're scared to look silly because you're the inevitable is you're going to look silly. You're going to do something crazy. I mean, if you listen back to me in Lakin's um, episode, business and boys, like I literally went like, speed 20 on a Stairmaster because I didn't know any better and the freaking steps flattened out when everyone looked at me and literally rushed over like I was gonna like I was taking my life on that thing so like you're going to look silly like there's times now that I I do stuff and I don't realize how close I am to something or I'm going to like rack the barbell and it's lower than what I thought and and I look like an idiot like but it's just one of those things that you laugh about because it's just it just is what it is like you can't put this pressure on your to to be perfect walking into the gym or you're going to defeat yourself. So go in there with an open mind, ask questions, swallow your pride, look on the machines and see if um, most of them will tell you what the machine is for and get after it. Okay, so this question is, how do you get the confidence to go to a new gym? I recently moved at my prior gym. I didn't care and worked out, but now that I've moved, I'm nervous to go somewhere new. I've actually have went through this. Um, when before I, there's a one point where I, I moved to Columbus and first of all, Columbus is just overwhelming as a whole. Um, and there's a ton of gyms and, um, I, I tried out a lot of different gyms when I first moved there because I, I couldn't find one that I felt like fit my vibe of what my old gym was like. Um, and so with that being said, I went to a lot of new gyms almost weekly cause I was like, well, I just want to find one that I really like. And it's nerve wracking. It really is. Um, I would say one thing that's that I would have someone do every time I went to a new gym is most of the time they would offer this to like give you a little tour of the place. That way you're you 
can kind of, when they're giving you that tour, you can eyeball out, you know, yep, I'm going to be over here. I'm definitely, this is where I'm going to be a lot. Like, yep, I see that machine. Like you can kind of look at things that you know are going to be, you know, your jam, like what you're going to go with a lot. Um, but as far as like the vibe and the people, it's no different than like, dating a new person or like going to a new school. It's like, it, it just takes time to get comfortable with the vibe of the gym, you know, meeting the people, you know, it's one of those things at the gym. Not a lot of gyms are, you know, where you go in and you talk to people or whatever. But I think once you start to see very familiar faces and you kind of wave at each other or smile or, you know, you go up to someone and say, hey, like, are you still using this? Like, you kind of start to break that ice. You get comfortable with the owners or the workers there. And it just takes time. Um, So it's going to be nerve wracking. um, But go somewhere new, you know, get out there. You don't even know what people there could change your life. You don't, you don't know what's out there until you go do it, whether it's finding a new best friend or a significant other or anything. Um, your life could be changed at that new gym and you'll never know until you go there. Okay. I like this question a lot because I can relate to this question a lot. Um, it says, I sometimes don't feel the burn or pain the day after in my butt after working glutes. And even after I lifted heavy, what do you think the reason is? I have a good reason for this. Um, First of all, I want to say that um, a lot of people focus on the burn when it comes to glutes, Um, but sometimes it's not always about the burn and it's more about um, progressive overload that actually grows your glutes. So if you don't know what progressive overload is, I'll kind of read you by the book definition here. Um, Progressive overload is a method of strength training that advocates for the gradual increase of stress placed upon the muscle and the nervous system. Um, So that is the most effective way to hit the glutes. Um, Yes, it's great to feel that burn, um, but I think a lot of people strive for the burn when that's not always what's going to grow the glutes. Um, Now, I do get where you're coming from because I am someone where I don't feel much in my glutes and it's it pisses me off and the reason being is because for so long honestly um there for a long time I mean if you think about it and even the last five years when I first started my workout journey um leg days consisted of honestly like quads and hammies and calves and um you know, your butt still got worked from those movements, but nothing was ever isolating the glutes. Um, I don't know why we, we didn't think the glutes were important to hit. I don't know. Um, it's the largest muscle. It is, you know, it's like the powerhouse for almost all of your lifts. And it was something that's, has been neglected for a long time. Um, where, a lot of people for a long time would do like banded workouts or, you know, body weight, hip thrust, et cetera, as like a warm up for, you know, squat, deadlift, whatever. Um, but the glutes never really have gotten the attention that they have deserved and needed. <laughs> so when I first started working out, I would, you know, work out and, and hit my quads, hit my um, hammies, and, you know, my butt did get some attention along the way naturally, but I never isolated my glutes. Um, so I essentially got very, very quad and hamstring dominant, which um, 
takes away from the look of your glutes because when you um, are unbalanced in the sense of having very large quads, very large hamstrings, your butt does not have the appearance that it should um, because it's the glutes, the hammies, and the quads are not balanced together, if that makes sense. So with that being said, I'm reading a book right now called The Glute Lab um, by Brett Contreras. And if you haven't um, heard of him, he's actually the guy who invented the barbell hip thrust. Um, So hip thrusts have been um, around for a long time, but he's the one that invented um, like the barbell weighted hip thrust. He's completely like changed the game of the glutes. And so the book I'm reading right now, and he's also on YouTube and you guys should all give him um, a watch on YouTube. But um, like he says, a lot of people will go into the gym and they'll do these very cookie cutter glute exercises that may be great for someone that has very good glute genetics or very great that um, it works well with that specific person's hip anatomy. But with that being said, we all have very different hip anatomy, which means what may work for somebody else is probably not going to work for you. Um, It just may not work for you with your specific hip anatomy. So um, he's a big advocate on doing hip thrust, but the, the just normal hip thrust may not work for your glutes. You may not feel a burn. So that's when you go into finding different variations of a weighted hip thrust. So what I mean by, you know, trying to get to this answer here for you, but you not feeling the burn and you um, not being sore the next day, um, you're probably hitting your glutes with intent, um, or at least you probably think you are, but it may not be working with your specific hip anatomy. So glutes are one of those things. Um, if you have it and you're very glute dominant and you have very good genes when it comes to your glutes, you can probably go with the cookie cutter glute exercises and feel that. Um, but if you're like me, I have to kind of hunt and research for different variations to hit my glutes well. So you not feeling the burn, that's not necessarily abnormal because you might not always with progressive overload or lifting heavy or, you know, whatever. Um, But with you not being sore or if you're not noticing a lot of change in your glutes, you need to to research different variations. And you can even message me um, in this book that I'm reading. There's, There's different variations for everything, whether it's a hip thrust in your lower to the ground or... Or um, it's just there's there's literally so many different variations that may work for your specific hip anatomy. So I know that was very like sciencey, nerdy, whatever, um, but. It's something I'm really interested in because most people are interested in how the glutes work when they they really want nice glutes and they're having a hard time getting them. Um, So that you may even need to up the amount of times in the week that you hit glutes. Um, And some people don't necessarily need to go insanely heavy when they hit glutes. They may just need to do it more frequently. It's just... The glutes are very intricate, they're very finicky, and you just have to find what works for you. So, um, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Do your research and just keep testing and trial running different things for your glutes, and hopefully you will find something that you're like, yes, this is it, I'm vibing with this, this works for me. Okay, so those were the questions that were important to me to kind of touch on in this episode for a beginner standpoint. 
Um, you know, I definitely am open to a ton of, you know, more questions, especially glute related for my ladies that listen, like I'm learning um, through this book and just through research. And I would love to like share with you, you girls, like what I learn. Um, if you're even interested in that, I know some of you are probably like, Jenna, no, we just want you to be funny. And you're talking about glutes and shit. And I just, I don't know what the hell's up with that. So stop. (laughs) But you guys know that I said in the beginning, I want to bring, you know, some depth to my episodes. I don't want to just be, you know, like a dumb ass 24 seven. I do want you guys to know that I have a brain. Yes, I do. I have one. I know it's crazy. I have one. So I have my phone on my leg right now. Um, just a little side note here. And the sun's shining on it and it's causing a light to go on my ceiling and my cats. Let's see if it, let's see if you can hear them. Just wait for it. Oh my God, that was so cute. Did you hear the whole thing? (laughs) So one of the people that I decided to reach out to here is Morgan Hickman. Um, She is out of the Cambridge, Ohio area. Um, She has a Facebook page that I think has like... 1.4k um likes and followers on it it's called what the health um it's an extension of her business which um she calls ybs which stands for your body shop llc um i really like morgan morgan is kind of straightforward she's blunt um you know, she's on you, but in a loving way. Um, she's, she is super knowledgeable and I am going to read you some of the things here that she feels like y'all need to hear as a beginner. Um, and some of the things, some of these things I've touched on, but she kind of just has a better way of probably wording it. She's probably, you know, she's got more brain cells than me, I'm sure. So clients are always intimidated by the weight room. They see bulky men and ripped chicks throwing up weight, and they fail to realize that each of those people started where they are right now. Yes. Amen. Remember that. And truthfully, truthful, gosh, can I talk? Truthfully, most gym goers aren't worried about what you're doing. They're so focused on their own lifts that they're not watching you. Pick up the weights. If you look silly, who cares? This is one of the reasons I highly recommend a coach. Leaning on someone who has that confidence in the weight room is key. Get yourself away from the machines and pick up a dumbbell. Yes. Um, so I, I do agree with getting a coach. I, I didn't really even mention that in the beginning. And that's something I didn't think about. Um, like I said, lean on, leaning on a friend, etc. But leaning on a coach, someone that has been there, done that, around the block 20 times and, you know, lean on them. Um, let them be your mentor. your you, you know, someone that guides you through this, you know, a little bit intimidating and nerve wracking process. The second thing, the machines tell you how to do the exercise. If you read them. Yes, I touched on that. Like I said, some of them may be rubbed off if the machine's old in that case, um, pack up your ego, pack up the pride, go ask somebody. I promise you, they're not going to make fun of you. They're going to feel honored that you ask them what that machine does. Um, so the, the name of the equipment is always listed for a particular movement or lift. YouTube that shit. That's what Morgan said. Yes. So three, when attempting a new exercise with a barbell, it's okay to wear a belt. 
Yes, amen. I still get self-conscious about this sometimes. Stop letting the beefy men on Instagram tell you differently. Your belt can and will protect your back, especially if form is compromised, which it may be as a beginner. Additionally, she says, I tell all clients, get some motherfucking wrist wraps. Yes, get some. Us girls with our baby hands need them. Sorry, not sorry. Grip should not impede load. Use the damn straps. Yes, I agree with this. There was a time where um, I would, whether it was my ex-boyfriends or just men in the gym in general, I when I first started, I wore these little gloves because my um, grip and grip strength was not where it's... Um, you know, is now. And I had to, you know, sacrifice some of my lifts and that weren't too heavy for me, but, um, my grip just couldn't do it. So get the wrist wraps. You know what I mean? There's no shame in that. Um, the grip should not impede load. Yes. So, you know, don't let your grip be the reason that you have to, you know, stop a set five or six reps sooner than you actually should have. So she says, cardio is okay, but HIT, if you don't know what HIT is, it is high intensity interval training, should be limited to once per week to aid in recovery. Our bodies cannot fully recover from more than one HIT session. It's not necessary. Do some incline walking on the treadmill and keep the heart rate steady. You don't need to chase the calories on your watch. They aren't accurate anyway. Yes, I seriously agree with all of that so much. Um, I think a lot of people think they their cardio sessions need to be balls to the wall. You need to be borderline hyperventilating, and that's just not the case. Um, incline steady state cardio is the way that you need to go. Um, get on there for 30 minutes, listen to a podcast, mine in particular if you want to, um, and or watch YouTube, something of the sorts. Um, there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do cardio, but there's some people that don't do cardio, um, and they just go, the, you know, they lift with intent, they lift heavy, they, um, you know, they work hard when it comes to lifting, and they don't necessarily need to do much cardio. So people telling you that you need to run on the treadmill 20 hours a week and blah, blah, blah. That's just bullshit. That's stupid. Um, another thing I want to say, and this for some reason just really grinds my gears, is so many girls that I've heard um, come to me and say, I'm going to start with cardio instead of lifting because I don't want to build muscle on top of my fat and look manly. First of all, that's not even scientifically possible. I just want to touch on this real quick. When you... Um, no. Okay, just listen here. When you are building muscle, you're replacing that um, fat with muscle. It's so it, the mus the the fat is is going away when that muscle is building. So it's it's literally impossible to build muscle on top of fat. I just want to kind of um, break that myth right there. If you're a, if you're um, a female or a male and that's something that you're thinking, I want you to know that that's not possible. So don't think that. Okay, the people that get quote unquote manly um, probably already have a pretty um, masculine physique, or they're probably doing steroids. Okay. Let's just get that out into the air. Morgan says, number five, stop comparing yourself to athletes who have dieted and reverse dieted for years. They are quite literally quote unquote 
built different. You will not wake up and look like <laughs> Dana Lynn Bailey. If you don't know who Dana Lynn Bailey is, please Instagram her and you can kind of see what we're referring here. She's badass. But you're not going to wake up and look like Dana Lynn Bailey after lifting for a week. Keep expectations realistic. These people are perfectly fine to admire, but consider how different your circumstances are from theirs and make sure you are not beating yourself up over comparison. Yes, I love that she touched on that because that's something I want you all to know right out of the gates that, um, you know, the person you're idolizing on Instagram, that's great. I love that you have a goal, um, a body that you want to try to obtain, um, but you have to understand they've been doing this for five, six years, and um, you're going to let yourself down with your um, unrealistic expectation at the time. Just You got to remember you're just starting out. Put the ego away. Put the pride away. It's learning time. Um, you're not just, you're not just going to um, all of a sudden look like some of these people that have been putting in the hard, hard work for five to six years. She said, six, diet trumps exercise. She said, change my mind. (laughs) But really, you can work out seven days a week and go hard in the paint and not see results due to poor diet. Yes, that is so true. Um, Like I said in the beginning of this podcast, a lot of the people when it comes to rest days, working out seven or so days a week, you know, they're, they're going for the quantity rather than the quality of the workout. And um, if you're going seven days a week and you're never taking a rest day, something is getting sacrificed in the, the process. Something is, you know, just you may be only getting four good, in, um, you know, really hard workouts out of that seven day workout, you know, routine that you have. Um, it's just stupid. If you're going to go in there and kind of half ass the whole process just to say, yeah, well, I work out seven days a week. Um, you can, you can go in and work out four to five days a week, diet very well, and probably have a better physique than someone that goes seven days a week. And you can try to change my mind on that, but you're probably not going to. Also, one thing I want to talk about is um, at the beginning of my episode, I did say, you know, don't track, you know, and, and I do, I do believe firmly in that as a beginner. Um, but if you're willing, if you're a beginner and you're willing to learn and you're willing to, um, if you want to actually seriously like learn how to track macros and you're serious about it and you know you've done your research, you know, I I think that's something that could be considered for a beginner. Um me and Morgan were messaging and she said like I said, I think it just totally depends on how you are approaching things. Sometimes we hear women approaching tracking and other things as diets. Diets will always fail because a diet basically means you're veering off of your typical eating behaviors, which sets you up for failure from the beginning. And I totally agree with that. Also, those who become too obsessive with numbers can put themselves in a bad place mentally attaching numbers to food instead of just imagining food as fuel. And I love the way that she put that because I know so many people and even so many women that have messaged me, they're like, I want to get down to this weight and I, I want to be at this weight. And, you know, I know I need to eat more, but it doesn't make sense. And 
but just listen, there's people out there that know the science behind it and they are more than willing to break it down and explain it to you. Do not, please do not get in a habit of getting obsessed with the numbers. You need to look at food as fuel for your workouts and I promise you will be in such a better mental headspace when it comes to the gym. She also says the problem sometimes with intuitive eating, which is kind of what I do, um, sometimes is most don't know how to eat intuitively. And that's a very good point. Um, they don't know what their body is asking for. And that's why I attack tracking from a more relaxed standpoint, such as hit it closely as in your numbers, but it doesn't have to be exact. Um, learn how to read nutrition labels. I agree. That's very important. Add a source of protein to each meal, etc. So, I mean, you can take a little bit of the intuitive eating aspect and a little bit of the tracking aspect when you're first starting. Um, but I don't think you need to go like full throttle into either or um, until until you're mentally ready to get out of a number standpoint and look at food more as fuel. So I like a lot of the things that she touched on there um, from a um, personal trainer standpoint. Um, when it comes to nutrition, you know, the intuitive eating, intuitively eating, tracking, et cetera, uh, I feel like if you are going to go with a coach or a personal trainer, I feel like it will be up to them to kind of decide what route you take at first, depending on kind of where your mindset is at with nutrition. If you're someone that you really can only focus on the numbers, you know, um, they may want to have you intuitively eat and keep a kind of close track on things for you for a while. But if you're someone that, um, you know, the numbers really don't mean much to you and you just want to get into a new pair of uh, or an old pair of jeans that used to fit you, maybe tracking would be, you know, more up your alley. Like I said, health, wellness, it looks different on everybody. Um, it's up to you you know, with yourself and, and good research to decide what's best for you. Or if you decide to go down the route with a trainer or a coach, um, it's kind of up to them and yourself to decide what's going to work best for you to achieve your goals. Um, but I hope you guys liked this episode. Um, this isn't something that I, you know, I, I talk about very often and I, or at all in these, you know, last eight episodes, but it's something that I want to at least talk about, you know, once a month, something fitness related, because honestly, 80% of the questions that I get on social media for the podcast are relating to fitness, health, and wellness in some aspect. So I don't know if it's going to let me do this, but I have my wheel of names here to pick the winner of last episode's giveaway. You are going to be winning, giveaway winner here, um, a junk in the trunk hoodie, black with the pink logo. Um, first ever, a white coffee mug with a pink junk in the trunk logo on it. And you're going to be getting some stickers as well to give to your friends if you want or put all over your laptop or your phone or whatever you're feeling. So let's see if it lets me spin this and record still at the same time. Oh, is it going to let me? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Woo! And the winner is Mackenzie Dean. Woo! <laughs>
<laughs> Kinsey, I know you're pumped right now. You cannot convince me otherwise. I will see you probably sometime this week because we work at the same bank and I will give you the first ever exclusive Junk in the Trunk merch. Woo! I gotta stop. With the merch being said, I've had a lot, a lot, when I say a lot, a lot of people um, message me saying, hey, um, please tell me you're going to sell this for everybody, you little freaking brat. I'm like, yes, I am. Um, Me and the girl, Hannah Wilson, actually, she's the one that made my podcast um, cover and all of the logos and the stickers and all of the cute stuff. She's so talented. Her and I have been messaging um, about, you know, different companies that are going to provide the blank canvas of hoodies and, and crew necks and t-shirts, um, some of the different colors we want to do. I do want to come out with, um, men's hoodies that have the logo, maybe a little bit structured differently and a little bit more manly. Um, but yes, we are going to be selling them probably at first we'll do something of the sorts where it's like 40 orders per month, which I feel like is pretty, um, I feel like it's pretty realistic. And, um, you know, we're coming up with the prices, all of that good stuff. Um, eventually, I want to sell them, you know, on an actual website. But, you know, just starting out, I'll probably be shipping them out here um, or Hannah will be from her home. We'll figure something out. But I promise you, all of you that have wanted a junk in the trunk hoodie or crew neck, et cetera, you're going to get one. Guys, I don't even have the first ever one. Mackenzie Dean, Kenzie Dean you have the first ever. So I hope you feel special. I have wanted to keep it. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but you know what? You guys deserve it more than me. If it wasn't for y'all, I wouldn't be able to provide merch and do fun shit like that. So I hope you guys liked this episode. Um, I am proud of it. I, you know, I've not going to lie to you. I've had to cut and um, delete some parts of this because I just, and I keep twisting over my words, twisting over my words. It doesn't even make sense. Guys, anyway, I've been annoyed with myself this episode and I've said the F word loudly too many times. And you know what? We did it. We freaking did it. I love the episode. I love you guys more. I, I know, I promise you I'm not on drugs or drinking. I'm just weird. And with that being said, I'm going to shut the hell up and I love you guys and I will see, everyone say it with me, you biatch patookies next Tuesday. Woo!